place that you laughed about Well, the names have all changed since you hung around But those dreams have remained and they've turned around Who'd have thought they'd lead you? Buenas noches, San Antonio. Welcome to Puto SAFC. It is Matt. And Clayton. Clayton, welcome back to 222 Allensworth, baby. Yep, here we are. Um, back at it again. Uh, just like the uh, Welcome Back Cotter theme song, we got some we got some welcoming to do. Yeah? Soccer's back. We're back after two weeks of non-pod, uh, a week off from the pod. It's good to have you back at my house. Cheers, bud. Good yeah, to see ya. yeah. Definitely. Um, happy uh, summer to you. So, uh, so we're here to talk about soccer in a major league that has started back up, that is on TV, and things of that nature. Yeah, is that what we're is that we're, what we're doing tonight? Yeah. What did I call it? The return to play episode. Yeah, and. There have been leagues that have been going on, correct? Like oh, the, U- the Belarusian league. Yes, the, a lot of Eastern European leagues and the stuff Honduras like that. League. Yeah, there we go in Central America, right? Um, I think some of the Asian, like the Thai league and stuff like that, have been going on. But anyway, the first major league that we can see on TV that's live and can compare to what was going on before all this started, right? Like that's like. We have something to compare and contrast. Oh gosh, is that a, yeah. is that a good way of looking at it? We got a few things. We got some data points. I mean, but but everyone's talking about coming back, right? No league is just sleeping. The the Germans did it quickly. Yes, <laughs> like they had, they said like on I think I if I remember it was like May eighth. Their government said yes, do this. Mm-hmm. They were playing they were playing games by May sixteenth. Yeah. I think I think is when they started again. Yeah. So within a week of them saying, government says good, get after it. Now what what does that say? Does that say something about the efficiency of the Germans? Does that say something about um, uh, just the way the that that the virus hit them, or does it say something more important about like financially what it means to them in that league? Like because I I was under the, I remember hearing somewhere reading somewhere that they, that league is not in the best financial shape. Well, there's a there's some good podcasts out there, some good articles about it. You know about the fifty plus one rule? Yes, that that it has to be owned by fifty plus one percent of the people of the town or something like that, right? The fans have to own the majority of the team in there Germany. We go. Okay. And so what that that's a a rule that means their league is financially limited. It's like the Green Bay Packers. The Packers don't play in the fanciest NFL stadium because... You can't have a chic come in and buy a team. That's right. You can't get just money thrown at it or loans, for example. So the teams are more month-to-month, week-to-week, because the revenues pay for the team, but there's no chic with a billion dollars for when things go south. Gotcha. So that's, that's I think, why it's a well-run financially league. But when all the when the water gets turned off, there's no extra water. So a way to put it in perspective in the question is, so like the TV money that they're going to get, because all these leagues have TV money as a huge, the TV money is going to make a huge amount to them. And if they're not playing games on TV, they're not getting that money. And that could mean that serious financial hardship. Yeah, it's like if an apartment complex were owned by the 
tenants and there were a hundred people that were teachers like me and they suddenly don't have jobs they can't afford the apartment complex but if a billionaire owns the apartment complex they just say oh well i'll just write a check next month Ooh, that's a good way when things get better we're fine i can cover a couple months but they don't have that billionaire to write the checks that, that's a good way of looking at it i hadn't thought about it like that but that is that's a good way to explain it but we're here to talk about kind of just generally leagues coming back sports coming back Soccer coming back, and then how it influences how we think maybe SAFC could come back. Because we'd right? like to welcome them back. That's what we do. Right. I mean, that's... And Sunderland, till I die, can't finish another season until they come back. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. There's no new TV content coming up. Right. So, yeah, I think so. I think that there's enough that's happened that there's a lot to talk about. Agreed? Yeah. But, um, like we said, that's kind of what we want to do. We want to start with... Germany and talk about them because they've actually started what we've seen and then maybe we end up talking about SAFC and what we'd like to see. Yeah, I think we could do Germ- we talked about Germany, we talked about the other soccer leagues and then maybe other American sports because America is exceptional, correct? Oh, sure, you know and why Why they can get certain things going and we can't get certain things going. Um, you want to do it in the format of what I like, what you like, what you don't like. What do you, what do you, what do you like, Matt? What do you like about what you've seen so far? Oh, do I get to go first? Sure, I started it. You know, I was a convert. I'm a convert. I didn't think I would say this two weeks ago. I like fake crowd noise, Clayton. Wow, starting with that. Yes. I think that's a good talking point. So, uh, in the Bundesliga, for the first week or two in America, we were just getting an announcer and a game. And I kind of liked it, but it felt like watching practice because it was just so empty because the stadium's empty, the teams are playing. And then starting in about the second or third week, they started piping in fake crowd noise. And they do it different ways. Sometimes the stadium does it. Sometimes it's the, it's the broadcast. It's the, the affiliate doing it. So, like, yeah. it's, it, th- we may be watching and hearing crowd noise, but that's Fox doing it, not the stadium. In Germany, apparently, you can choose. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yes, there's two different ways that but we're seeing you, it. If we were German citizens, we could watch either the... The crowd noise version or the non-crowd noise version? Really? Yeah. That is an option they have in Germany. And so Fox gets the choice which one they want to buy or air. Okay, cool. I didn't know that. And they decide. And I'll tell you what, the games without crowd noise, I can't really watch them, Clayton. It's just too quiet. And I know some people want to argue like, oh, the coach gives instructions. and. But how often can you really understand what he's saying? (laughs) And 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 how often do I care? I mean, it's like watching a high school soccer game and... Those right. are good live, but they're not. We're not. We're we're soccer fans. We're not like we're not we're not coaches in training. You know what I'm saying? True. Like, true. You know, I I don't I don't I'm not really interested in, in the coaches' tactical moves as much as I am watching the game and the competition. I like that. I like that. It's as a as a fan, you need some. It's the spectacle and the enthusiasm. Like the Munich Dortmund game was better with crowd noise and. I really thought I would hate it. I thought it would be like a sitcom. But if if you have a sport, I would I will say you have to have fake crowd noise because otherwise it's just not the same. So the negative I'll bring up about that, and I do like the, the in general I do like the crowd noise, okay? But the negative also is like and we kind of talked about this. Um, we're seeing so far the haves versus the have nots because essentially everyone's playing on a neutral field. Because whether or not the crowd noise is being piped into the stadium or Fox is is putting it on there. It, it's it's not the same as um, as like Union Berlin having a chance playing at home against Borussia Dortmund because their crowd is on top of on top of the them and 
and the momentum that you build, that you feed off of the crowd and stuff like that. Now, now this whole like notion when you talk about, well, I think eight out of ten times on a neutral field this team would win. You're you're seeing that, like you're seeing, but like Bayern Munich has increased their lead. Borussia Dortmund has stomped everybody but Bayern Munich. Like the teams that are that have all the talent, it on a neutral field you can see how much better they are. So you're saying home field advantage just isn't what it used to be. Yes, exactly. And so like that's that's what I'm as saying. a result, the better team wins more. Yeah. Now. Yes. Definitely holds true. Yes. Less upsets. The good teams are winning more games. Right. Like they're supposed to. Right. right? Yes. You don't think there could be other circuit? I, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Couldn't it be uh, depth of squad? Maybe. That's. De- I think that's something. I think maybe. I don't, can you? I mean, I'm sure all these clubs have amazing training staffs and training, but like you know, these huge clubs, you know, that are like a machine. You know, like they didn't skip a beat from when yeah. they were from when they got shut down to when it was time to get going again. You know, you, you like the championship, so you've seen. You're a fan of a team that's gone up to the Premier League. Yeah, I'll never forget when my college roommate came back from going to a uh, wa- uh, Wigan game. He said their stadium's crap. It's yeah. tiny. It's in the middle of this neighborhood. It was built bit by bit, piece by piece. And and, and so I, I think that we overestimate how big it. It's not the NFL. I don't think they have equal facilities and equal trainers. I think Munich's training and staff and backroom staff are ten times what Paderborn. Yeah, there you 100 go. hundred times pattern. Right. And that may that may be a factor in, in transitioning back to... Staying and, in shape. Yeah, it, it may also tell you the difference between a world-class player and a great professional player. Um, it You can really see the difference. You know what I'm saying? That the world-class player can take it from, I haven't done anything in two months, to all of a sudden being a step ahead of everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so. I think it could just as well likely be that a world-class player has the dedication to not have missed a beat and have kept running and training because of that motivation. There you go. That's Whereas, another. like, I got I, a scrapper will scrap, but someone who's not quite what they wanted to be might not have the same motivation that a, these are. These aren't like even college football athletes. These are the best in the whole world. Oh yes, For, yes. To get to Germany from a foreign country, a lot of times yeah. you've just yeah. So that that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, that that could be a thing also. But but you understand what I'm saying, though, right? Oh yeah, like, no. Sure. I, you're definitely seeing haves beat have-nots almost every. T- I mean, have has there been an upset yet? Not not of one where you're like where you raise your eyebrows at. There may be like mid level mid level. There's been some ties. Right. But that happens. But there hasn't been a win by an underdog really that I've seen. All right. Um, what I've liked seeing uh, American players basically every day. Ooh. American players like. We've talked about this before. I think you talked about it. Um, did kind of a German league, uh, Bundesliga preview, uh, either the last episode or the episode before last. And um, I mean, there's basically an American on every German team, more than more than half, in all the top teams and all the relegation teams. Yes, and, and those are the ones that have drama, right? And exactly, those are the ones that you care about. And those are the ones, that, and 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 the, the Americans are at different levels of of where they are on their team and stuff like that. So each is a different story, and I really enjoy watching that because, you know, obviously we pay very close attention to the American players, and we're coming off of not having made a World Cup, and a lot of these guys playing over there are, are going to be our guys, you know, if, for the next World Cup. And, and so I'm very interested in their development. I'm interested in how they match up against, you know, other great players. I, I want to see all of it. Who stood out to you? 
Um, we kind of talked about this the other day. Josh Sargent has improved his position on his team the most during the break. So he went say. from playing very few minutes to playing a lot of minutes, and and me being able to see the development just during the during the from, since the break. Yeah. So Josh Sargent forward on Ritter Bremen. Ritter right? Bremen, yes. He's about a nineteen-year-old. Yes, the young, the youngest probably of all our Americans that are playing over there on the top on the top teams. There's there's more geeky. We can get into Chris <laughs> Richards and and stuff like that. But um, let's stick. But, with, yeah, we're gonna stick to like what it. people know and people see. I think that he's a kid that I, I loved him when he was a he was on the U.S. youth national teams. Yeah, and he was so good. That if if you get too tied up into it, you say, "Hey, he's a he's a failure. He's not doing well." But when you look and you say, "Wait a minute, he's an eighteen or nineteen year old. He started every one of their games back, right? He, Four he, games he, in a row. He played in the age group that he belonged to World Cup, and then he got called up yeah. to the next age group's World Cup. Correct? Yes. Yeah. He won the Golden Boot at the U seventeen World Cup. I mean, there's there's we've seen a lot of promise. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he's got the pedigree. But there. but if you just watched the news the first half of the season, he was in and out of the lineup, didn't play a lot. The, the coach said a lot of bad things about him. Yeah. And now he's started four games in a row for a Bundesliga team. He scored a goal. Did he? Yes. Since the restart. Yes. I didn't realize that. Yes. So good. Yeah. Good. Good call. So anyway, and then um, let's see. I, I did the one that I'm most excited. The one that probably has suffered the most or has been the most disappointing for me was Giovanni Reina. Because oh, the very the story, the Clayton. Very, the, story. the very first game coming out of the break was Schalke versus Dortmund on a Friday. And this is 17-year-old Gio Reyna. Yes, who we've talked about on the show before. And he's on the starting lineup. He's slated in the starting lineup. You texted me. He's starting. And then they make a note that, that Hazard came in and was starting in places, and they didn't know why. They saw him kind of pull up at halftime. And he played. he's played every game since that one, but he, he hasn't started and he hasn't played more than probably 15 minutes. Yeah. You know? He got, a, like, a tweak in warm-ups, right? Yes. And so, I mean, I was looking at, you know, going out all of a sudden, this guy, focus of the world, you know, on this was the first major league to start playing. Like, I'm sure there were people all over the world watching that game. And, he, and something happened. You're you underselling know? it because... He was going to start the game. They're in second place. They had a matchup against first place coming up. And the guy who replaced him started has started every game since. So it's not like he just didn't play that one game and he came back. Like It was the game. He had won that spot. And now he's lost it, not because he did anything wrong besides get hurt. Yeah. And that just sucks. He could be playing a key role at a key club. Yeah, for sure. Big club. Yep. Ugh. So anyway, so, so sounds like you agree with me on those. Uh, like kind of superlatives of the Americans that we've seen out of there so far. I think we could get into the great Alfonso Davies debate between me and you that I'm high on him and you're not. He's not, he's not an American, he's though. Not. But, but anyway. But he's an MLS product. I, I You see him. I see bad touch from him. I see bad decisions a lot of time. Uh, I think you see all the crazy potential and, like, just the, the things that Wait, he does well. why don't well. I say what? Well, oh, okay. <laughs> I see something very different than you. You see, I'll, I'll get, I'll read, I'll phrase you too. You see, uh, athleticism, and you want it to be better soccer, 
And so when there is a mistake, you're eager to point out that mistake. There you go. I, I, I'm not going to say that's wrong. I see the starting left back on the number one team in Germany for the last five games. He's played m among the most minutes of the whole season. And maybe I'm jaded because I wish he was an American. Oh, you know? <laughs> maybe. God, we don't have a left back. We haven't ever in the history <laughs> well, of Well, we have Sergino Dest. You know? Who would you take, Dest or Davies? Oh, that's a, that's a great debate. That's a debate for another time. <laughs> We're getting off topic. Just We're getting, one well, answer. Yes, I take Sergino Dest. Yeah. I can't say that you're wrong. But I heard... I've both seen that. I've seen them both do really amazing, good things, and I've seen them both do some bonehead things. But you've never seen one of them start four games in a whole season for what the ones at Ajax team. and ones at Bayern, ones at Ajax, ones at Bayern Munich. They're, one yes. of those teams is in the. There, there's a different quarter. Yeah, Ajax is good too. They're both good. I'd love to have both of them. How about that? Sure. Okay. Ready to move on? Yeah. Do it. You know what I like. I don't know what I like. Okay, we said things I like or I don't like. Yeah. I don't really like social distance soccer. It's weird. I was really excited for that first game, Clayton, and they came back. I set an alarm clock on a Saturday, which I never do. I have not done that in years. <laughs> I am late to soccer every Sunday because I refuse to set an alarm clock, and I will wake up when I wake up on the weekend. And I set it, and I made my coffee an hour early so I'd be nice and perky. And then that game started, and there was no crowd, and the players sit six feet away in the stands, and they're not supposed to high-five when they celebrate, and they wear masks. It's weird. It's nowhere near the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think, do you think you, like, immediately went nostalgic, or do you think you were just like, you know, uh, it really is a different game? I think I was prepared for soccer to come back, and what came back wasn't quite soccer. But I mean, it is though at its most pure sense, right? They're just they're playing without, and like trying to make. Yes. No, they're obviously they're playing for money, and they're they're playing because they've been told to play. It's not like they're out there just to like, you know, bad news bear style. Let them play. <laughs> Let them play. It's now, not like that. If I were playing in those games, I would be just as happy, or I'd be happy. But I'm not playing. I'm watching them play, and it yeah. feels like practice. As a viewer, it is not the same, right? It's. But I think the tweaks have helped. The crowd noise. They apparently have tightened the angles. So things I like, they've tightened the crowd angle. So a lot of the stadiums have put in tarps with faces on them. Just fake it for me. Just I, fake I it. I feel like I'm wandering into Blossom Athletic Center, <laughs> not knowing what game I'm going to see, but there's just a game on and I'm a soccer fan. And so it's like, so it's kind of like that. Wow, high school soccer. Yeah, well, I'm just saying it's like, yeah, it's there it is. There's soccer. I do like watching soccer Be, because of the... Um, it doesn't have the same competitive feel to it. It would, doesn't. It doesn't have the same like everything on the line. Would kind you of agree feel. though that as the weeks go on, it feels a little more normal each week? Yes, and I think it's because of the tweaks that they've made, like putting cardboard cutouts of people. Like that actually, when I saw that, I kind of thought they were real people, <laughs> and I and I focused in real quick, and then I go, <laughs> oh wait, I read about this. I read about this. <laughs> but yeah. I like how they do the noise, like in one of the. The, I think the Dortmund Munich game, they were controlling the noise, so like a pass back to Neuer, yes. that you heard the whistling. Yes. And that made it somehow like someone who's making up whether or not what the crowd would really do in that scenario somehow made me feel better. It's weird how programmed we are. There's a, <laughs> well, you know what What does it for me is I was, I was watching a game while I worked, and that makes all the difference. Like, 
I like to read a newspaper. So if it's if it's appointment viewing, like Dortmund versus Munich, I'm watching. It's good. Right. Not messing around with the phone. No. You know, texting. I know. Things. I get frustrated when you or Tanner text me because I want to watch the game. And I write back real quick. But when it's lever- two, two teams playing at 1.30 and there's just nothing else and I want to watch soccer... I need that cue of the whistling or the booing or the cr- the crowd going crazy to cue me to pay attention. Yeah. And so when they, you know, some of the games still don't have crowd noise. Right. And I'm not joking, man. If I turn it on and there's not piped in noise, I'm more likely to turn it off. Yeah. And that's weird. So it's interesting that we spent so much time talking about that and it makes such a huge difference. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal um, last week. Is that what's uh, in your pocket No, that's right not now? what is oh. in my pocket. This is a different Wall Street <laughs> Journal article. But um, uh, it was about the first uh, team to do the piped-in crowd noise. It was a team in Tunisia after the, the um, was it called the, 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 the spring in the Middle East or whatever, when all those revolutions were mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And in Tunisia. The Arab Spring. Yes, the Arab Spring. Thank you very much. I, I wasn't trying to be insensitive. I just couldn't remember the, I knew it was some spring. Anyway, um. So this team in Tunisia, teams in Tunisia, they were not allowed to have fans because they were worried about you know riots breaking out or anything like that. And so there's a app for where the first place they did in Tunisia was they gave the app to the fans, and as they're watching the game on TV or outside, they could hit the button, and that that would make the noise. So like the amount of times you hit your phone was how loud, and they had 14 speakers around the um, I like that. around the league, and the more that the fans got into it and hit their phones, the louder it got in the stadium, and they were the first people to do this, and there was an article in the Wall Street, so I mean, obviously, what we're talking about like hasn't gone unnoticed. It's a weird how something like well, the passion of local fa- like makes a difference to us. The Bundesliga sound is not in the stadiums. Right. It's only on TV. Did you hear about the the Dutch team? No. Or Danish team? No. They put up, it's in the New York Times this week, screens around the stadium, or around the field, like above the ad boards. Mm -hmm. And this is my idea from day one. I'm so happy to see this happen. You could zoom in. And you actually... It's like a Zoom meeting? Get this. Each screen had a section of season ticket holders. And for your season ticket, they gave you the Zoom meeting, and you Zoomed into the meeting in your section. And did they have microphones also so you could yell and and scream, and that would be crowd noise? Yes. Interesting. And only two fans exposed themselves. (laughs) 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 That's not a joke. That's real. (laughs) That was the punchline of the story. After you're thinking like, man, this is so cool. How would anybody abuse this? You wouldn't even be thinking at all. And then you go, oh, of course, somebody needs to pull out their junk. And just let it it hang there in front of the... (laughs) They had a picture, and it looks weird, but I am 100% in for that. Would you be a junk hanger? Would that even cross your mind? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, I don't think I know, I know like uh, technology well enough to be able to do that. You know, no technology well enough to pull out your junk. <laughs> Pretty simple concept. I mean, so do you pull out your junk in front of the computer? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, have you met me, Clayton? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, are we still interested in things we like, things we don't like about Buddhism? Because I think I've. There's not a lot I don't like, other than just the general. It's not the same. That it doesn't have the same feel, and but I don't have specifics that I don't like. I don't like the the Fox announcers very much. Oh, it's the world feed. That's why. Yeah, the, those guys. They're 
a lot of times those guys and I mean they speak I'm sure multiple languages those German guys that are announcing mm-hmm. they their translations and stuff it's yes just, they don't they haven't mastered the English language oh, and, no. and somehow I somehow that makes a difference to me and so I don't know why that they sound terrible you haven't picked up on my something I like my favorite breakout star of the Bundesliga he is the sporting director of Dusseldorf so he's the Technically, he's still in that job. Right. He's announcing some of these games. Really? And they introduce him. He was reported to have left to start some other job in Christmas time, and then they kept him. The dude's just straight up announcing, and he is amazing because he's like, oh, yes, Clayton Hayden, yeah, he's got a good left foot. Not not much else to offer. He's just dry. I like it. And he gives you, like, the the transfer market scouting report of, like, Oh yes, dangerous striker. So you're getting a real insider. It's like if a, it's like if an agent or a general man, like like when they bring the general manager into the box in a baseball game, and yes. they talk to him, and they talk to him, and you're for, getting just the analytical, like one sentence summary of the player. Right, like when that guy Henry from the Cubs that used to do the Red Sox when he comes in and talks with Steve Stone and whoever, and sure. you know, and they yes, I got it. Yes, and I love it. That guy's amazing. If he's on a game. He just, he's brutal, because if someone's bad, it's just no holds barred. Just like, ah, oh, he's, he's a below average left back for this league. So, when, when will Germany end? At the end of June, I would think. The end of June? There are not a lot of games left. So, there, games, will, so there will be a couple of um, weeks crossover with the rest of the week leagues that are kind of getting ready to start, correct? That's called the transition, folks. I mean, I have seen, like, and what I have here is... A Wall Street Journal article in the Wall Street that says English Premier League set to return June 17th, there right? You go. And I mean, that's in our Wall Street Journal. Like, what does that say? That that like, is that what a financial, you know, that the English Premier League has that it deserves? You know, or is it because there's nothing else going on? Well, number one, the first two things that jumped out at me were two numbers with million after it. Yes. So let's, there's a financial reason. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about that's that. That's money. That's real money. Yes. Billi- talking bees, billions. Right. And not only that, they've also got their second division up and going, or gonna, is going to start the same. It's Germany's gonna start the going. Same. Yeah, Germany's like they have all their divisions going. Two cause, divisions. Because like 1860 Munich, who I kind of follow. Because of their second friend of the party, no, they're third now. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yes, anyway, yes, and uh, but like they're they're playing and stuff like that. So the English league is starting the 17th. The Spanish league is starting before that, correct? Yes. Yes? Yeah. And and then the Italian league, they haven't set a date yet, or they have set a date. They have a few games on the 17th or so, and then the full league on the 20th. But I mean, these those three European countries. We were reading terrible, terrible things about what were going on in those countries, right? Italy. Spain had their Spain had their full military out, right? Like like Italy ordering people on. into the house and and they're getting this going again, yeah. right? Like they've yeah. set numbers. Is it because the money is so big? Is, <laughs> is that what it is? You just jumped, turned right. I don't know. Tell me. I I, I don't know. Is is the but I mean I think you know. Yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> it's, it's not just a. It's. It's not just uh, the people that work at the stadiums, you know, so they get paid. It's not that kind of altruistic. No. It is, like, world broadcast money, you know? Like, like what is it that Man U has already given back? I, I think you may have read the same thing that I did, that Man U has already uh, 
given back like $36 million, $37 million or something like that for their games that haven't been broadcast. I did not know that. But it's, they're going to play all the games. Right, but like somehow, like, because Bandu has their own TV station maybe or something like that. I, oh. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly where, who the money is being paid to. Can I say something I like about this? Yeah. So they want to maximize TV revenue because in all these leagues, and as we transition to American leagues in a few minutes, yeah. there's no match day revenue. Yes, so if you're an go. owner, you've got your TV check, and then maybe half of your money comes from the, everything else. Well, if there's no attendance, no beers being sold, yeah, then you've got it. So to maximize that, they're all playing these staggered schedules where there's a Friday game, there's four games at different times on Saturday, there's four games on Sunday at different times. It's not going to be like all eight games are at noon. Right, and another thing to think about, these... Um these big clubs in these Europe on these European teams, talking Germany, England, Spain, Italy, they're not getting Champions League television money either now because there's been no talk of that coming back. So those there has big, been talk. Th- well, th- there has been. Yeah, th- those big clubs, they like hmm. that money allows them to be to just spend ridiculous. You let's, know what I'm saying? Let's stick a bow on that. Okay. Because that's, uh, I'm excited because that means that there's not eight games at noon. That all weekend long in the summer. This is going to be the summer of soccer, Clayton. It really is. Like we, you know, we, we enjoy those those summers where we get like maybe the the Euro, like the Euros were supposed to be going this yeah. summer, and the Gold Cup or no the Copa America, Copa, maybe? Ameri- Copa America. I don't know. So we we did have soccer to look forward to, but we're actually going to get more soccer now this summer than we the normally would. Right? Spanish league is playing seven days a week now. Se- seven days now, a week, Clayton. There will be a game every day in Spain. Do you think there's going to be another? You're not TV, recognizing this. TV programmer. Seven no, I know. But is there another? T- I mean, we. Do you get BN Sports? No, I don't. See, that's that's like okay. do, I don't get BN Sports either, but I may just. I to, will in I, June. I, I, yeah, yeah, you know what? I may just to, <laughs> and like I mean, we generally we're soccer, but we generally don't sit down and watch a full Spanish game, like an Italian game. Uh, you know, like no, but if you put them all over the course of a weekend, I'm more likely to choose one that I want to watch. Yeah, and if they're all at the same time. There's only one on TV. Right. But if you got eight different games at eight different times, I can say, oh, I'm interested, like, uh, Atalante. They're the hipster team because they play this bizarre formation. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch them every weekend. Do you think, um, do you think those Spanish, Spain's a big country, right? Like, do you think that, I wonder if travel is a, is a problem with, with them. And I guess Italy's really long, you know, so from the north to south of Italy. I wonder if the travel is... Was was a problem or anything like that, and mm. some teams are going to play neutral or or something like, or whether the money is just so much and so important. They're like, look, we're just putting it back on. We're not going to deal with that kind of stuff. That's too much, you know. That's too much semantics. Let's just everybody play where they're playing and do that. Well, looking forward, I know you're stuck on the money, but isn't part of this that yes, the money? I'm not saying it's not about the money, but if you don't play it now. What do you do about next season? Yeah, there's all kinds you, of... You, and I heard a lot of people say, you can't start next season until you finish this season. So even if they just play these games and take off six months, at least they've they've ended and they can start when they want. Right. If, if you don't take care of the end of the season, then there's all kinds of tangential problems that end up like, who makes the Champions League next year? Who gets Relegation. promoted relegated? Because that's where the real money is. Like, I mean, like... 
the difference between being at the top and getting that TV money and being relegated and not getting that TV oh, money yeah. is the difference between clubs surviving and clubs and clubs going bankrupt. Sunderland till I die. Yeah, exactly. So, and and that's an interesting, you know, like I'm going to go back to. I'm so excited to have as a teacher getting off. If you're if you got the COVID blues, man, just wait till the middle of June because there will be Italy, Spain, and, and England playing, and Germany. Yeah, and then pl- not only playing, but playing spread out games that give you the maximum TV. I mean, they'll basically experience. it'll be like a World Cup is going on because there's soccer on every day of the week. Yeah, a couple games every day. But like we said, we're we're not if from our German experience. Like, if it's not at a certain level, then do you think that'll be deflating to us and you'll just give up, like, you know what I'm saying? Unless it's something that's that really stands out at you. Oh, I need to watch this for this reason. You're right. How excited are you about England? Because you're a primi- primarily a Premier League fan. See, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm scared. Cause, so the championship is um, is going to start about is going to start at the same time as the Premier League. Mm-hmm. They've done, they've tested all their players. Like, I've read up on this. They tested all their players, and they only had, like, of all their players in the championship, they only had, like, ten positive results. And um, and I don't know what the ramifications of that were, but, like, they're they're going on and they're playing. Why are you scared? What's that? Why are you scared? Oh, because Middlesbrough is right on the edge. And, Not um, because of COVID. Oh, oh, no. no. The edge of relegation. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we're worried yes. about. And I'm, and I'm worried that these games coming back may not be great for them because they could end up getting relegated. And if you get relegated in this... There's no, like... Okay, talk, talk me through... Oh, wait. Let's finish that. Go ahead. I, I would rather them just end the championship season and say, all right, bottom three. Like, because they were talking about doing, like, a points-per-game basis, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. So, like, maybe if you jump somebody based on that you had a game in hand or something like that, yeah. then they, they would just let that stand. But they're, they're going to play it out. What are you scared about, though, if they get relegated? I don't... Because I'll never get to see them on TV. Oh. There's that, like, from a purely selfish point of view. But there's a, that's also a Sunderland-type... Scenario: They went down from, they've been down in the championship for a few, and then dropping down from championship to League One. The money situation is already in a in a bad spot. There's no telling what what can happen. You know? I mean, I've I've seen some good commentary on like, if you don't want soccer to happen for the soccer team you support, like what's <laughs> what's the point of supporting That's, a soccer I know, team? I know that is. If not playing is the solution, I need the stress. So <laughs> I, sh- I probably like, you know, I need something to stress out about. Like I feed off of that. So maybe them playing is better for me, you know. And pro- like I bet ESPN will televise more games probably because they're pro- they're itching for what's on for the content. They're all on the plus, right? No, they only show a few on the plus. Really? Yeah, like they show like three a weekend. They'll show oh. two. They'll show two on Saturday and one on Sunday. And you can't watch the other ones. Um, you can some some of the championship teams have their own uh, like TV networks and you, that you can subscribe to and you can get the feed like on your computer. Does yours? Uh, Middlesbrough does, but you don't get all the games, so I haven't I haven't subscribed to. Oh, it. you're not a fan. You're not. Even <laughs> Come on. All right, Come on. all right. We don't need this to turn into that. But um, <laughs> not a real fan. So I don't know. Is it is is this a good point to transition? Have we have we talked enough about those? So if all these countries that we we're talking about have um, gotten hit that we heard a lot of terrible things about are able to get their leagues up and running. Why can we not get our leagues up and running here in the United States? Well, for one thing, we're on the back end of the curve. 
What's that mean? It hit. Uh, I, I mean, oh, I see. We're what you're early in the curve. Excuse me. It hit us late. Yes, I see what you're saying. Yes, we were seeing crazy stories about Spain and Italy. Maybe a month or three weeks. Yeah. Before everyone was, everyone was over in Europe for spring break. Yeah. Coming back with it. Yeah. And it hadn't really hit here. And after that, it, it sounds like it came from Europe. Right. So yes, we we canceled our stuff later. Like we like maybe didn't understand, but yeah. but I mean like. They're they're up and going. They put a plan in place quick, and it got started. Why why don't we have a, even have a plan in place for the MLS? Let's talk. Let's talk, talk about, about that. Okay, I was gonna say which league. Let's MLS? talk about the MLS. Yeah, let's do it. And we can use comparisons to other leagues or. Well, the number one thing which I will, tra- I will transition or compare to USL is. MLS is a league that's driven by match day revenue. And this isn't to say that this isn't to say that MLS is is behind the curve and there are a bunch of slack-jawed yokels because none of the other leagues are up and going and have an official plan in place. But anyway. Yeah. No, totally not. But MLS is based on match day revenue, like tickets, beers, parking. That's why they build these expensive, nice stadiums to make money out of. Their, their TV deal is $90 million a year and they're 24 teams. So what's that? It's, it's not not as not nearly as much Four, as... Not, no. not nearly as much as, as the other American sports. Where the TV means, where TV means a ton That's more, four million per team, and the English Premier League, it's eighty or a hundred million per team. Yeah, so you can't survive on four million dollars, right, as a team for any. So, the, so the the same incentive isn't there. You can't play in an empty stadium forever. That makes sense. You're, so you're kind of going, you're you're kind of going pro ownership at this point in this statement, saying it just is not financially viable for them to operate. In the way that it is financially right. I'm going. How do you pay your players? I got it. If you were planning on making, I don't know how much you make off of games, but four million dollars a year. That's right. I mean, it used to be that they paid ESPN to put games on. No, MLS is not the most financially sound because uh, it's a developing league, yeah. and so it doesn't have the ties. Like the English Premier League is the most watched sporting league in the world. Wait, but you're saying two different things. We are one of the more financially sound leagues because our owners are rich. There you go. Uh, the stadiums are nice, and it's a closed league, so there's no relegation. But You're they guaranteed have, they, revenues. But they have all the power. Who the owners do in the MLS, and so like if them going, you know what? It just doesn't make financial sense for us to pay you. I mean, baseball's kind of doing the same thing, other other than the fact. No, that, no. In England, if they play games, you, Mister Owner, get fifty million. Pounds, right. Period. In America, if they play games, there's no crowd. You don't get any money. So every game is a money losing. It's it's financially sound just to not play. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yes. You're playing just to maintain your your right league. So I'm saying the European leagues. It is not financially sound for them to not play. It is financially sound for the MLS so owners on, to not play. We're on better footing financially as a league. Like England is playing out of desperation. Right, but to the individual owner. Yes. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. We're but talking, I'm enjoying. We're it. talking about why we can't, why we can't get our act. Why, why do we not have a date that MLS is going to start playing? Well, you hear what they're proposing. Do you want me to outline that? Um, you're better. You know more than I do about it. There's generally a tournament, maybe in the works. Go to something. Orlando, or train in Orlando for a couple weeks in late June, all of July. Play some World Cup style group stage, then tournament stage. 
thing, and I don't understand it. I don't know why you do like, it. Does that seating for the playoffs, and they would skip a regular season? What is the, it? The, oh God, I'm so embarrassed to know. The group games count for regular season standings, and then the the elimination games are just for fun, and there's some prize. And then I don't know what no one that's says. What they go directed to the playoffs. Is no there, one says what happens. That's after. what I didn't understand. And it's only like a month or two. So in July, at the end of the thing, I don't know what you do. And I don't. That doesn't. I don't even know if I care. So difficulties that the United States Professional League (MLS) and USL, for that matter, faces that the rest. And this may sound like American elitist or isolationist. Our country is gigantic, right? Yeah. So figuring out the travel for these teams to these places, right? That is obviously something, right? That's You'd have to charter flights, right? Right. Like, that would be an added expense. From the one tip of England down to the other tip of Wales, that's like five hours. You get you know a bus. Yeah, exactly. But if you are Seattle, you cannot fly commercial with a, with a team. You've got to charter a jet. Right. Right? With COVID? Yes. So added expense. And, and I mean... Pro- like some of the guys that have come from over in Europe, they have talked about like the difficulty of travel in MLS. I know Rooney yeah, has mentioned yeah. it, but, but anyway, but I mean that has to be something that's factored in on why can't we get this figured out? Like, I'm not where you're at with why can't we get this figured out? Like, we're not playing 11, 11, 11 v eleven soccer at the fields in San Antonio. So what do you mean why can't we get this figured out? Well, I mean. Like, you and me aren't playing normal soccer, so why should these guys be playing normal soccer? But, I mean, soccer? they've got the, these other leagues up and going before the rest of the country is going. Germany is, like, had zero deaths yesterday. They're, they're the exception. Did you see, friend of the pod, Tobias, 1860 supporter, did you see his Facebook post with the fines in Munich? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it's like going out on the street without a valid reason, 300 euros. Yeah. Not taking social distance while in line, 150 euros. That's a lot of money. <laughs> Just bam. That's a lot of money. For standing too close in line. You know, if you're going to have <laughs> rules, enforce them, right? That's a very German thing, yes? And it's not American. Right. So, so in, with regards to the MLS and, and U.S. leagues, and what, what can they learn from, from the European leagues, Ooh. you think? And I guess we've only seen one start up. But what what kind of what should they take from what we've seen so far from Germany? Well, obviously crowd noise. That it's possible for one thing. There you go. Um, yeah, and that you know I was talking crap about this MLS tournament idea, but I I was thinking, would I watch it? Yes. Right. Would I watch a lot of it? Yeah. Would I watch more than normal MLS? Yeah. If you told me there's an MLS game every night at 7 p.m. I'd probably watch a bit of almost every game just because what else am I doing? Yeah, here's here's something You've positive. Got a captive audience. Here's something that's positive that I haven't thought about for a while. For the MLS is a developmental league, right? Like, yeah. like, um, yeah. You know, uh, them just playing in any way, shape, or form is good for the league and is good for our U.S. players. Like, if they can't get the, I think I saw Taylor Twellman saying whatever you say whatever, but like. He's like, if they don't get an MLS season done, you know, and this he was being negative, like, it would be a huge setback for U.S. soccer and for development of soccer in the United States. You know what I'm saying? Like, like You're thinking it took individual baseball. players or the league as both, a whole? Or both. What both. level? Like, dude, I remember the baseball strike in 1994. It took a long time for baseball to get back anywhere near to where it was like in in 1994 when they canceled the world series uh 
Like, think about the hit the MLS, like, if they just took a year off. You to, know, like... To back you up, a uh, friend of the pod, Kathy, was sitting right where you're sitting yesterday. I, I sanitized the chair, though. <laughs> and she said... She's a big Premier League fan, you know? She's yep. not really a Germany fan. She said, oh, I'm not really watching. So that you must be so excited. She said, not really. About, uh, you must be so excited for England to restart. And she said, not really. I just kind of got out of the habit. Hmm. It's like, whoa. Yeah. She's kind of happy to see Liverpool win it when they play, but that's about it. So, like, imagine what the average MLS fan would be, you know, if, if they didn't play for a year. Can I go other way now? Yeah. Uh, I think it's an opportunity. Because you're saying, why can't we get our stuff together? Why can't we get our stuff together? There's no other sport playing right now. So in MLS's defense, they're not doing anything that no one else is doing. But if they could come back... Before the NBA They can capture a lot of fans. Because, yeah, MLB fans, NBA fans, NFL fans, there's nothing to watch. And, like... Maybe people will give it up at the end, but you know what? You're still reaching out, and people are still watching. You know what I'm saying? Like, you may lose a, a, some of them down the line. You may lose 90%, but you keep 10%. Exactly, and that's, that's get, a win. If you can get baseball's eyes on you. That's a win. And from the player perspective, in Germany, I know they're talking about, like, we're the only league playing, so if you're a left back, like, the whole world is watching you play right now. That's what I was saying about the MLS, getting their act, like, like as a developmental league, and eyes will be on you yes, if you come ex- back. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly and what I was And if you're not playing, they're certainly not. Mm-hmm. But Alfonso Davies, I am all talking about him. He He's not the best left back in the world, but there's an article saying, is he the left, best left back in the world? If Liverpool is playing right now, they wouldn't be saying that. What, what's the hot young thing right now? Because it's in the, it's like, who sent out the last tweet? Yeah. Who sent out the last, you know? It's the only What have you done for me lately? And if MLS could come back, as soon as possible, they'd be one of the few shows in America. There we go. So that might make it worth it from their perspective. Just get back and play. So, with that being said, where does the USL fit in with this? If we're talking about these difficulties that we're seeing from MLS and labor problems and stuff, is USL more difficult or easier to, to get going, you think, in your opinion? I wanted to ask you a question. Um, I think it's more difficult. Listener Peter, my brother, said, uh, was like, look, it's USL pr- production quality. He, he went on this rant. I could read it. Maybe I will read it. But before I read it, I'll say you and I watch away games. Yep. And I started to just say, Peter, you know, don't be such a curmudgeon. It, just, let's just be productive here. But... There's some truth to the fact that USL isn't really enjoyable to watch on TV necessarily. Well, and the, think about the travel in the USL if there's zero revenue coming in. Yeah. So they're painful to watch on TV. Bad cameras, internet compression, amateur announcers, and the cost to, te- to televise and the cost to travel is prohibitively expensive. And it's not an easily, it's not an easily watchable game. There's Peter's thoughts. I, I think that the first part is not valid at all because nobody's watching games that aren't hardcore fans on, on TV that aren't already know, hardcore fans. But if they come back, you have to be. Yeah. So, I, I mean, mean, even home games. They're not going to gain any more fans 
bought. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I don't but, think the viewership of USL games was was enough for them to be making that kind of decision. But would eight thousand people even tune in to watch SAFC home games? The the big question is is the lack of having three or four thousand people or five hundred at a game make it so that there's just zero incentive for them to come back and play? Because the USL is more individually run than MLS, right? Like, yeah. yeah does that make sense? Is yeah. that the best way? It's not a single entity type league. It's like there's different ownership groups of every single, you know, different entity, and there's a lot of them that are probably barely functioning in the in the black to begin with. A lot of them probably functioning in the red. Yeah. And like, if they're not generating any, and I hate to keep coming back to the money, but I mean, I think this is a serious concern to why USL would be more difficult. I think just like MLS, a lot of the owners lose money every year, but they own a team to own a team and because the team has value. So you don't buy an MLS to make money every year, but you buy an MLS you can sell it. It is a it is it just, a valuing commodity rather than a de, than a devaluing commodity. Yeah, and your expenses every year are like your upkeep or your uh, whatever that thing is in business, the depreciation. There you go. But. And also, it's a status thing. Sure. So if you, I mean, does it mean something to the Spurs to own SAFC? Right. Does it? Um, I don't know the answer to that. Yes. I don't know if it does. Yes. Do I, they I care? Yes. I, well, I mean, Rampage, gone. Like, remember, know. this was supposed to be their last season. Poof, just gone. They didn't, you know, yeah. done with that. Um, and that's kind of, I mean, isn't that what you, isn't that what SAFC really is? They're just the Rampage of soccer? Yeah. They've got their own stadium, at least. There you go. Which I think, putting the Spurs on the hook, not that it's a thing, just that... Right, because they, they lease it from the county, yeah. and it's like, well, what do they do if we don't have SAFC? At least AT&T Center, the Rampage, we're not the primary tenant. The Spurs don't really lose out if they leave. Right. Like, I don't know. It scares me, Clayton. So is there is there a scenario where starting the USL back up this season is bad for the USL? How about that? I want to ask some questions. I'm now. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. But I thought that was a pretty good one, though. Say it again. Is is there a scenario where starting up the USL again this year is bad for the USL? Yeah. Let's. I I don't know, but like you try to start it up just for the sake of doing it, and four or five teams go defunct, and because they're, they're forced you're bankrupt teams because they're forced because they're forced to to play because you can't opt out of a league, right? What if four teams said we don't want to play? That didn't look good. I, I don't know. Like this is gonna test maybe the metal of USL and how strong of a business slash league entity. Like we've been a really positive over the last Hawkins. couple of years over it. But I mean, is this something that just goes the way of the dodo from this? God, we're, I've gotten dark. I've gotten no, dark. No, I don't think question. so. But I think coming back and screwing it up could be a big. There we go. A backward step. Right. What's this? What's the floor? Like uh, just a big backward step of like two steps forward, one step back. This would be like two steps back. Okay. If they came back, four franchises went belly up. The owner was like, "You cost me two million dollars last year." They had to like maybe fold like the USL three or whatever. Yeah. You know, like none of those teams survive. And okay, so I asked the listeners, um, "What's your ideal scenario for USL coming back?" Because what, the whole reason I did this, I should have said at the beginning. At least the thought for me was SAFC's season ticket holder survey. Did you fill that out? No, I didn't. Willie gets all that. Uh, yes. Friend of the pod, sponsor of the pod, Willie gets your thing. So they sent it out, and it said about seven internet pages of 
Would you go to the stadium? Would you sit in your seats? Would you sit near people? What could we do to improve that? Would you go to a party in the parking lot? Would you I didn't see that. watch on TV? And it really made me think. And it made friend of the pod Dave Stolarski think. So we talked about it. What I mean, so my question to the listeners that stimulated Peter was what's the ideal Clayton, for me to you, what what would you want to happen? I have an answer. I don't know if you do. What's your ideal scenario? I I don't know whether I saw you throw it out or or um, somebody threw it out in one of our platforms. Um, I would I would love for them to start the season at some point, and and me as a season ticket holder be invited to the game to mm-hmm. be allowed to be allowed to see the games. But and it, and this sounds elitist, but it's like if we were, if only season ticket holders were allowed to watch. I mean, maybe that's bad overall. That sends a bad message or something like that. But selfishly, I would. That's like my ceiling. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't think we're gonna see a game this season with just anybody with a ticket come on in. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to be realistic versus what I would love to see happen. And sure, what I would love to see happen is by um, the end of the summer, just we're just playing. They're just playing, no, and no, yeah, but that's no, not that's no, not realistic, that's correct? Not so, so the notion of like season ticket holders could go. How about us? as press pass members could, could go and, and, and see the games. I think that, uh, man, a game under what we're talking about right now, what you just said, is a lot like the press box experience. Remember, like, we couldn't high-five? Yeah. We couldn't cheer. So it'd be like cheering behind a mask. Be sitting with only your friends in an isolated area. But, yeah, I'm with you. Um, I mean, you could easily do season ticket holders... And you'd have a lot of the crowd would be like friend of the pod Henry that's just like, look, I'm 70 years old. I can't, I'm not going to go to a game. And they just say, well, I'm not going to use my ticket. And you give them their money back and you sell that to the general public. Yeah. You know? Yes, I get that. But I think you could get the right amount about season ticket holders and maybe a few little sales here and there. You don't advertise in the current... But if you call up and you say, I want to buy some tickets, they say, okay, we can put you in this place with your group. I would be happy. Here's another. I would be happy with a truncated season where maybe they break the um, the East and West up into subdivisions. Huh. And maybe the season was comprised of just playing like everybody home and away in your subdivision. So maybe yeah. Oklahoma, Texas yeah. is one subdivision and those games are on TV and I get to see every game, and you know what? If if SAFC would do that, and they only wanted to give me some of my money back for my season tickets, I would be okay with that. How about that? Like, yeah. I don't expect any money back, but your tickets are a lot more expensive than mine. Well, and I, <laughs> that, that would just be icing on the cake. That's not like, I would be happy with that truncated season, little regional tournament, and, um, but then we go to playoffs after that. Yes, and then the winners yeah. of each regional, yeah, and, sure. and the games are on TV. Because I remember when 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 Bobby Perez told us about, like, did he give us a number on what they they get for having ESPN come and set up, or or Fox Southwest, or was it? Were they saying that they I think pay? They pay. Yeah, Fox Southwest. they pay. They so have to pay for production. If they would be willing to to pay for the production for the truncated season, that that would show me. A, like, hey, look, we're we're dedicated to this to this 
to our fans, and we're dedicated to doing this. I came up with the idea of like uh, putting up jumbotrons in the parking lot to simulcast the game. Oh, like like drive-in movie style. Yes. Oh, very cool. And I pop out my my chairs like a dive-in movie, like uh, like when they show Jaws. So I'm not in my car. I'm in the I'm tailgating. Yeah. And the players are in the stadium playing. That is very fan friendly. <laughs> that is very puto as puto. You could fit a lot of. You'd think you could fit a lot of. No, I love that idea. I hadn't thought about that. But the that. screen would have to be giant. That's like that's giving <laughs> trying to give the actual atmosphere of the game. You know what I'm saying to the fans. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. That's for like yeah. look. We can give you the product, but let, we can give you. Look, let's try to give you a little bit more than just the product. That would be a big endeavor, though. I think socially distancing in the stadium. Actually, I took an internet picture today of some Ukrainian team that's putting 10,000 people in their 60,000-seat stadium for the final. If you have to just, like, be in your parking space and it's just you and your family, you can't leave your parking space, that, I think that's... I mean, I think they're covering their liability issues there. Oh, everyone with liability. I, but, I mean, Gosh. that's obviously something that has to be taken into consideration. We live in that society. I think also mentally, like, is a game played worth a family dying or some child of a fan dying? I don't think so, you I know? Mean, they're Liability or not, that's not what either of these us These are questions that, that, in our ideal scenario, we're not really answering, but, um, but they unfortunately have to answer those types of questions. Yeah, I like your idea of splitting it up. I think that makes it shorter and it could work. That's a good one. I got on the USL website today and I didn't see any type of plans or anything like that. It's like like classic USL games or, or whatever. But like, I mean, and on the SAFC website, we saw something a while back that they're coming back to like individual training maybe or something like that. Or the training complex was open yeah. or something. But that's the most, like, they haven't posted anything on the top of their website or ever since the... Oh, um, they're not even showing the trainings or anything. I mean, I, I haven't seen it, but, but anyway, but... But I, 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 I want to be positive. I do think we'll see USL soccer. Really? Yes. You do? Yeah, I do. I didn't. But the more we're talking, it's just a lot of money, Clayton. You're talking maybe a million dollars a team. I know. And like I said, just to keep the brand going. And you, you were getting on me earlier about like keep bringing it back to the money. Do you think that money considerations are greater in the USL than they are in these other, in, the, in these other leagues? That's a good question. I don't know what you do if you don't have it. I, I think in the, there's there's greater opportunity for s certain clubs to fail and go bankrupt if you force them to play rather than just not playing at all. They're just letting their stadium sit and they're not having to pay like people to work concessions and stuff like that. And maybe they're just giving stipends to their players and, yeah. and that's it. Like the way that Major League Baseball like. Like what's going on? Minor league baseball is getting brutalized right well, now. Well, we are minor league soccer. Right. So here's a, here's a good. Let's maybe end on this. Um, like the scenario. First of all, major league baseball is trying to consolidate many yeah. in minor league baseball to begin with. Yeah. Now you're reading stories about like the Oakland A's and the Nationals. Although I think they did where they're not even giving their players the stipend anymore for not playing like four hundred dollars a week to to live on. Hmm. You know, and like you know a lot of these play, like. Uh, minor league teams, they're not going to pay their leases and stuff like that. You On know? the stadiums? Yes, exactly. So, I mean, there's the same type of financial considerations that we're seeing in the USL, and I can't think that USL 
would necessarily be on better footing than minor league baseball? My first thought is, uh, like, don't play. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of brouhaha. It's minor league soccer. Just take a pass, come back next year. But I did read a really intelligent sentence, which was something to the effect that teams try to convince us. Like, soccer is soccer, right? It's a game. And it's a, it's, a, it's a professional team's job to make you think it matters. Because if it doesn't matter, you know, you're worried about your team getting relegated. If it doesn't matter, why, the, why are you playing? Good point. So if it matters... They have to manufacture nationalism. Or they it, want to inspire yes. nationalism. Is there not a... The, the point of playing a, a, game, a season that loses you a million dollars, I guess, is that if you don't, you're showing the cynicism of it. It doesn't really matter. Mm. We, we sign the players. We make this crest. We have a stadium. But really, it's just because of the money. And is if the, it's is not the financial... Is the, does, does the principal have as much weight as the financial considerations? Yeah. And, like, are you going to... Just play because you want to play because it's a league and it's 2020 and we were told that this was going to be a league and that they play games and if you can play, shouldn't you just play? Well, you know, there's going to be smarter guys than us making these decisions. I guess. I disagree. <laughs> I completely disagree. Actually, no one has hired us as consultants on what they should. I would love. I can't would... name more. I can't fill my hands with people in this city. I know they're smarter than you, Clayton. So. <laughs> I am not going to agree with that. But I think we've had way. some good ideas here with, like, somewhere between the setup regionals and do a parking lot showing of the game, somewhere there's an answer in there, right? Like, maybe maybe we copy MLS and is there some Orlando tournament out there for USL? I would think it would be easier for us to get started than MLS because we don't have the same, like, labor problems and stuff like that. There's no union. Yeah, and like I said, and like I said, we could eliminate some of the cross country travel things if they did like the regional thing, like I was talking about. More teams, but there is absolutely no money to be made. Yeah, we play a game, we don't get anything for that. Right. We make our players. We have to pay them, so I don't know what they're paying them right now. Right. Other than the 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 point that you brought up about the, you know, we have to show the people that support us that we care that this isn't just uh, uh-huh. how much money in our pockets kind of stuff. There's not a lot of incentive there, is there? Okay, I thought of something. We watch a lot of away games. There's a lot of teams with not a lot of crowd. Yep. So if you're the LA Galaxy 2, Portland Timbers 2, some, or just some of these crappy independent teams that get 2,000 people to a game, does it really matter if you socially distance in an empty stadium? <laughs> Isn't the LA Galaxy 2 already socially distancing? <laughs> Good point. So for us, who actually nearly fill our stadium, it's more of a concern. For these developmental teams, that is a good point. Because right, because they're not making any money on LA Galaxy two to begin with, right? Yeah, it's like just family. You're like it costs them more to pay a guy to stay and turn on the lights and turn off the lights <laughs> when they play on a Friday night than same uh, same employee wage as the players. <laughs> yeah, as the janitors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We've raised some interesting questions. That's that's for sure. I'm um, not here for questions. I'm here for answers. Yeah, well, we're, we're not going to get them tonight. Um, Do you have any free kicks? You know, my free kick was actually my story that I told about the Tunisian team that uh, that started oh. the um, during the uh, the Arab Spring or the – what was it called? Yeah. Yeah. 
Can you say Arab anymore? <laughs> That's why I was like, <laughs> I think maybe I did know, but maybe I wasn't. It, that was what it was called in 2014. Yeah, there we go. But I actually saw a reference. They said Arab Spring. I don't know if they put it in quotes or not, but that, that was my free kick. I thought that was a really cool, interesting story. The, who would have thunk a Tunisian first division team first came up with that idea? Well, yeah, I think there's some good things out there. Um, I don't think I have a free kick either. It's I'm pretty excited to have summer with all these leagues starting back up. It's like in a normal summer, that's good. In a COVID summer where we can't really leave the house very much, that's great. So if people are wondering when they're going to hear from us next, probably not till after at least one of these other leagues starts. Really? Yeah. Good, because we're going to the beach next week. There we so. go. There it is, <laughs> right there. But a week after that. But I mean, we're not talking that far away. Well, it, it would not be. Two weeks. It, would, it would be us taking a couple 16th weeks. Sixteenth is what you said. That's yeah, perfect. Okay. We take next week off. We come back, preview the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, are we SAFC? Or are we? I, I, we'll we'll talk it out. We'll we'll talk it out. <laughs> but I don't think we're going to see SAFC till September, Clayton. But and the season normally ends in November, right? Or October, November, if you're in the playoffs, like yeah. they usually play that. Yeah. Um, and there's then, nothing holding back from playing into December, though. No. You could do a four month season. Yes. Compete against and college just, football and just football. their off season gets shortened by a month or so. MLS, do it. Come back, win some viewers. That's my final word. That's a good way. That's a good positive note to end on. That's hope. Hope right there. <laughs> All right. Well done. Buenas noches, listeners. See you later.